What's good, Chiefs Kingdom? Your Kansas City Chiefs are officially the number one seed, and not only that, they took care of business against the entire AFC West division. Swept that mug, baby. Another year of doing that in the Mahomes era. It's going to be a good one today, Chiefs Kingdom, because we're going to review the Las Vegas Raiders game. It's a wonderful time of the year, playoff football. So with that being said, welcome to the Keem Connect Podcast. This is the Kansas City Chiefs Podcast. Here with your host, producer, Eric Thepartis, certified health and performance consultant. I hope Chiefs Kingdom is doing very, very well today. Well, Chiefs Kingdom, it has been done. We have officially concluded the 2022 regular season, and the playoffs are officially here. Your Kansas City Chiefs are the number one seed. I don't give a damn what anybody says out there. We won 14 games. I know the circumstances happened the way they did. And life isn't fair. But don't fucking come at us. Don't come at us Chiefs fans for being happy that our Chiefs took care of business against teams. Not every team. We still had three blemishes. But we had 14 wins. And we took care of those 14 wins. Blame the league. Don't blame us. Blame the league again. Not us. But anyways, um... We're recording this episode on Monday, January 9th, and I mean, like I said, we're here. It's playoff football time. I mean, that's, that's, it's just what it is. I mean, this season flew right by. I mean, I tweeted out the other day. I just felt like we were, I was at the home opener like a month ago. I mean, what happened? I mean, there's been ups and downs, a lot of good, good moments, a lot of bad moments, but we're here. And we swept the entire AFC West division. But before I before I even get into all that, I want to talk about a few things that are going around the league first, because uh, I want to save everything for um, this to be mainly about the Chiefs. Um, first off, the college football championship is tonight. I don't know if you guys are a frog. I don't know if you guys are a dog. I have the I get the feeling that the Georgia Bulldogs are going to win. They're going to go back to back, but I would like for the TCU Horn Frogs to go, just because they're part of the Big Twelve. KU fan, Big Twelve guy, so and they're the underdogs. And I kind of think TCU's TCU's uniforms they're they're fucking sick. I mean, they got some sick uniforms, and I don't know why they're just their their logo and everything about them it just it just goes well. The Horned Frogs, but. Yeah, are you a frog or you or are you a dog? <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, it just was reported not too long ago that Demar Hamlin was released from the hospital. That's awesome news. Everybody prayed, and it was a miracle, and it happened. And it was—I mean, I don't want to say a miracle, but it was supposed to happen. God put all His power to make sure that. Damar Hamlin was still here, so that was awesome to see. Um, glad that he's out, and I'm glad that he can finally return home to Buffalo, be with this, be with his all of his family, be with all his friends and teammates. So, again, I'm praying for you, man, uh, just to maintain good health, and hopefully, you know, you can continue your professional career at some point. 
Um, you know, today's Black Monday. That means uh, a lot of uh, coaches will be fired. Uh, and, you know, it's only been reported about two so far. Lovey Smith was last night and then Cliff Kingsbury today. I kind of knew Cliff Kingsbury was on the uh, hot seat just because of how the season went and how they've just kind of how they've been. They would start off hot and then they would just lose all the rest of the games, maybe not make the playoffs. Or if they did make the playoffs, you know, they were getting eliminated in the first round. So I understand why they wanted to move on. Now they signed him to an extension last offseason, which it which made absolutely zero sense to me. I don't know why, but I guess maybe they thought this season would go would go well. It obviously didn't. He's probably going out and saying, Hey, it's fucking hard to work with Kyler Murray. I'm sorry. He's not he's kind of a shitty person sometimes. At least that's what I hear. I don't know the guy personally, but I'm just going off what I hear. Uh Lovey Smith. I I kind of saw that coming just because it was the Texans. I mean, they're bad. They're horrible. They are who they are. I think he was a stopgap coach. I mean, they obviously fired David Culley last year, and I believe Lovey Smith. Or maybe they fired David Culley in 2020. I don't know how that. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. They fired. Uh. They fired uh, Bill O'Brien in 2020 halfway through, and then Romeo Cornell took over the rest of the season. They hired David Culley for the 2021, and uh, he got fired, obviously, before the season even ended, and they, because of how their season was going, they were horrible. And then Lovey Smith was brought in. I don't know if he was the D.C. or at the time or maybe he was already or outside I don't know but he got brought in to finish the rest of the year and then he was officially their head coach this year I think uh or maybe maybe he got hired just this year maybe he didn't help finish out the year I don't remember pretty much he was another stopgap coach again for them just to get another good draft pick that's that's pretty much what it is uh they got Derek Stingley last year for one of their picks and then did they get a they they didn't get an no they didn't get an offensive lineman I mean I think they did maybe I don't know if it was in the first round I can't remember but they're, again they're picking well they're not number one overall because they won yesterday and that sure that's why the front office was like hey we're done with you I mean, he probably knew he was done anyways, and he knew he was going to get canned, so winning was probably an F you to the office. And I don't blame him. Lovey Smith's a great guy. Uh, I just think that he's probably one of those coaches that are a little outdated. Um, But, you know, again, I think that's kind of boozy. You know you're hiring that guy just to turn around and fire him at the end of the year because you just want to get – you want to tank to get a good draft pick. You know you're going to have a bad season. It is what it is. Um, but those are the only two to be recently fired. Obviously, we know Hackett was fired not too long ago, and Matt Rule was fired uh, midway through the season. So uh, I'm sure there'll probably be more to come, possibly. I know there's been rumors about Sean Payton going around, getting requested requested by a bunch of teams just to uh, get an interview. He wants to come back. Uh, Jim Harbaugh wants to come back. Uh, and we all know that, we, 
I mean, at least most of Chiefs Kingdom, or at least me, we want Eric Bieniemy to get hired somewhere. Some people don't think he's going to get hired anywhere. I personally think this is the year, regardless of where he goes. I think he'll either be a pro, a professional head coach, or he'll be a college head coach. So I don't know. I, I just hope that he does. I just really hope he gets an opportunity. That's that's all I'm going to say on that circumstance. Um. But yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of around this time where coaches are going to get asked to be interviewed. I mean, we all know Eric Bieniemy is going to get asked in his presser, hey, if any coaches came out, or any coaches, if any teams came out and asked to interview interview you, and he's going to sit here and say, well, you know, so-and-so, yes, but I'm my focus is the Kansas City Chiefs, which, which is what he's supposed to say. Um, all right. Let's talk about the AFC West. Let's finally get on to the good stuff. Because we swept the entire AFC West. A year when they said, when this was supposed to be a retooling year, you're never going to rebuild with Mahomes. It's always going to be retooling. We had to retool the offensive line. We had to retool the defense. We had to retool the defensive line. We've had to retool a lot of things. A secondary, you know, the, the wide receiving core. We're we're just gonna retool areas always with Mahomes because when you have a quarterback like that, a guy who's always gonna be hungry to win fucking multiple Super Bowls, you never have to rebuild this team. You never have to. Why would you? As long as Andy Reid is gonna stay coaching there and you know you're gonna have Kelsey for, you know, a few more strong years, hopefully we can win another chip out of it. I really get the feeling that we're going to try to, we're really going to go back to the Super Bowl this year. I really get the feeling. I mean, it's, we are, this team, when we're fully intact and we're playing like that, I know we just played the Raiders, but still, when we play fully intact and our defensive line is eating like that, oh, we're, no one's stopping us. But again, this was supposed to be a year. This entire division went out of the way to Sorry about that. I went, I was coughing. Had to mute my microphone. Sorry Chiefs Kingdom, but um was losing my train of thought. Yeah, but this entire division went out of their way to get all these players. Chargers went out of the way to get Khalil Mack. They went out of the way to get J.C. Jackson. They got Kyle Van Noy. They got all these free agents and stuff like that. They signed a like a Sheldon Day maybe or something like that. I don't know. Um, or Sebastian Joseph Day. Or, or maybe he got released. I don't know. Anyways, they signed guys trying to beat the Chiefs. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. The Broncos, they went out and got Russell Wilson. They traded all their capital for Russell Wilson. They got Nathaniel Hackett thinking that, oh, he worked with Aaron Rodgers, two-time back-to-back MVP. He can turn Russell Wilson into an MVP. He's all the ma- he's the magic. He got fired before the season ended. Russell Wilson got a lot of coaches canned this year. Russell Wilson had his worst year of his career. Russell Wilson was responsible for a lot of their losses. I don't give a shit what anybody says. I, oh, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. Only his fault. He's, it is his fault. You are supposed to be the guy for them. I don't even know why I'm defending them. But, hey, they went out of the way to try to beat us. Didn't matter. Raiders went out of the way. Chandler Jones, where the hell has he been? I didn't even know he even played this year. 
You got Coach McDaniels thinking that, hey, he's going to be something. What? What? He didn't even have a good years with the Broncos. What makes you think he's going to do well here? He's not a good coach. Not a good head coach. He's a good OC. Granted, he worked with Tom Brady, but Mac, Mac Jones did have a really great year when he was working with McDaniels. Great few, you know, few years. Well, actually, no, he was drafted last year, so can't say that. He was a rookie last year. But still, they got Devontae Adams on their offense. You sent your starting quarterback home, Derek Carr. Stidham, you went with Stidham to finish the year out. Carr's not going to even be there no more. That's the whole reason why Devontae went over to the damn team. Your defense is still bad. You, you didn't really forget to retool that. Oh, we're just going to throw Chandler Jones. Maybe if we have two great pass rushes at the end of the day, it's going to mask everything else. Knowing damn well we're going against the best player in the damn fucking National Football League. And he's going to torch this secondary up in our linebacking core up no matter what. It happens. This is the second time in the Mahomes era that we've swept the division. First time we did it, we won the Super Bowl. I know those were different teams. And I will say some of those teams will not amount to the teams that we're playing against now. But still. This was supposed to be the year. This division spent a billion dollars. I will reiterate that over and over and over and over again. I don't care about injuries. I don't care about, oh, well, guys weren't playing and this and that. Hey, the best ability is availability. Hey, if, you, if you're not playing, that means you're bad. It is what it is. I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought we were going to have at least one loss. Or maybe two losses, I can't remember. I'm not going to go back and look at my old predictions. I, I just don't really care to. We are where we are right now, and I think that's all that's important. I can tell you right now, I did not have us going 14-3. Uh, and three. I think I had us going 12-5 and five again. But obviously past my expectations, and I'm good with that. And I think all of Cheese Kingdom's good with that. Alright, let's actually get into the nitty-gritty of the game. We're going to start with special teams. Basically, no fuck-ups. It was a clean game from special teams. Clean game. Bucker made his field goals. He made his extra points. Tommy Townsend, in my opinion, is an all-pro punter. I know he made the Pro Bowl, but he is an all-pro punter. He may be sh shaky on the holds, but he is an all-pro punter. That dude bombs them out of the stadium. And did you see that one he made? On Saturday, you see that? That was, oh my goodness. This dude has a leg. And I know Dustin Colquitt praised him on being a punter. And that's what he should have did. And should have just left the holding out of out of the water. I get you wanted to point something out. But, man, you really put a riff in that dude's mind in that locker room for a moment. But they were great. They were great. Dave Toe, that was what we want to see. And I knew... I knew he was gonna say, you know, hey, you know, we're just we're just hoping for this and expecting this. I hope that it continues in the playoffs. I really do. Tony, I I love Kadarius Tony being back there. I think I would rather have Hardman. Tony, he is elusive. He likes to, you know, shake and bake, you know, break people off or 
those one cuts, kind of like the human joystick stuff. I, I get it. But sometimes he goes backwards and guys don't really react to that stuff as much anymore. And I would rather him just fair catch it most of the time. Which he, he did have some fair catches, but he was t- he was running on some of them. But again, special teams is great. Have no complaints for punt, punt return, kickoff, kickoff return, uh, PAT, none of that stuff. Field goal. All right, let's get over to the offense, starting with Mr. Patrick Mahomes, number 15, who was able to break Derek Bre- uh, Derek Breeze. Drew Breeze is uh, total yards record. I, I don't even remember the number, but it was ridiculous. Let me go look it up. Okay. I'll pull that up. I'm actually going to sh- I'll look that up in a minute. No, let's retweet it right now. So, sorry, I'm talking to myself. I do that a little bit. Call me crazy. Um, I'm, try- I'm gonna look up the number. It's gonna give me the total yards record. Okay, can you tell me? I'm not finding the number, Chiefs Kingdom. I apologize. I'm not trying to be silent. I'm just trying to find the Okay, I found it. All right. So the total, um, he beat Drew Brees' number. Drew Brees was 5,562, 5, and that was in 2011. Uh, that was the year they won the Super Bowl. And for us, for the, Mr. Mahomes, that was 5,570, and he did that this year. Um, he is still top five. Uh, his record was uh, in 2018 at 5,369. So, I mean, hey... This this was awesome. I mean, this was an awesome year for Mahomes. He's going to win the MVP. He's going to be an all-pro. Um, some might even say he could even be an offensive player of the year. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Justin Jefferson will be offensive player of the year. Um, but, yeah, no, Mahomes, MVP of the league. Hopefully we could be Super Bowl MVP. That's what we really want. Um, but he will be – one of the youngest, he'll be the youngest to say that he has two MVPs in his career um, at this age. So it's it's crazy. It's crazy what he's doing at the rate that he's doing it. And I'm I'm extremely grateful to be witnessing this. This is greatness that we're seeing. It is. I mean, we have to be really, really grateful for Patrick Mahomes. Because I know we all waited for it. Waited for it for a long time. All right, the running backs. Every All the running backs played great. Even Ronald Jones played great. I had no problem with them handing the ball off to Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones multiple times. 
I understand that this is the la- it was the last game of the year. You're probably just trying to feed him just so he can probably put something out there for other teams to probably nab him next year. Or, you know, you want to get him hot probably, you know, because we may utilize him a lot in the playoffs. I don't know. But they all scored. McKinnon had a, a, a receiving touchdown. And then Ronald Jones and Pacheco both had rushing touchdowns. Pacheco had an amazing season. I want to say he had a total of... Oh, let me just go to my profile pick. Let's just let me just go to my profile because I know I shared some stats. Because I'm gonna get Juju and uh, MVS's stat line too. <laughs> I don't know if you guys all saw the. Uh, <laughs> The me the picture that I I tweeted out. By the way, if you guys think I created the picture, I did not create the picture. A buddy of mine sent it to me. It was fucking hilarious. He said I can post it. He didn't care. So, um, but yeah, no, that that was funny. Uh, Brad Simcox, I believe he does the Great British Chief show on the Arrowhead Pride uh, Network. He shared it and said, "Whoever did this, you win the internet." So. That was awesome. Um, just wanted to be silly, you know, just because that's just who I am. All right, Pacheco. Thank you, Aaron Ladd, for retweeting for tweeting this out so I can retweet it from you. Um, he had a total of 960 scrimmage yards with five total touchdowns. I want to say he had like 830 rushing yards total. Um, this was an awesome year for Pacheco. I don't want to down on Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but he's obviously not coming back for the rest of the year. They haven't talked about him much. They they really don't. I mean, it's kind of like what Niang was going through. They really just stopped talking about him, um, and that's just kind of how his – now, he's back. He's been playing. He's been suiting up, uh, but they have not talked about Clyde Edwards-Alaire at all. And I kind of feel bad. I've been a very negative person on Clyde over the years. Um, and again, it's it's just because of why we drafted him and just, you know, and even even so, you know, he was given opportunities to try to be good and it just it just was not working out and has not worked out. It worked out. And I think injuries have been the biggest catalyst. It, it, I will say injuries is over the gameplay. Injuries that he's dealt with outweigh the gameplay. You know, you wish that you do wish the gameplay was better from him. Um, I do think he was really good, great at the goal line. I think that was really best of what we used him at. But I, I just don't see us keeping him next year. Not with why, not with how Pacheco's been. I mean, Brett Veach said it himself in the off season. There's going to, or before we even drafted, there's going to be a thousand. There's going to be a thousand yard running back coming out of the seventh round. And if he was talking about Pacheco, by God, that's who it was. I mean, Pacheco didn't get a thousand yards, but he had 830 yards. And that's the thing; he didn't even start. He didn't even start. You know, the first like few few games, he didn't get to start until like probably like week six, week seven. Because it was Clyde. It was pretty much Clyde until Clyde got hurt again. You know? So, I mean, 
I, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, I think they may, you know, either, I don't know if anybody will trade for them. I'll see if maybe you could try to flip them for like a, you know, fifth in, you know, higher. But no one's going to want to take on that first round, you know, that first round um, contract. So I can see a situation where they just keep them around and probably just don't, you know, they just don't take out his fifth year option. And then he'll be set to be a free agent in 2023. And then you'll kind of leave it at that. But again, this was a great year for Pacheco. And I hope that he can continue to get strong, especially going in the playoffs. And as he excels throughout his career with us, the Kansas City Chiefs. McKinnon. Again, McKinnon was uh, really good uh, in the pass game, doing his thing in the screen game. Blocking, he's really good at pass protection. I love it. Um, like I said, Rojo was doing his thing yesterday. And McKinnon was the one who took the snap on the snow globe play and pitched it out to Pat, where Pat tossed it out to Kadarius Tony. But, you know... I think that you shouldn't take away the McKinnon-Pacheco duo. I think you should just roll with them, mostly the one-two punch, and that's just my opinion. Um, the offensive line. The offensive line blocked their asses off. I mean, Creed, Tooney, and Brown, those those three I really noticed the most. Brown was throwing guys on the ground. Creed had two pancakes. Tooney had pancakes. I mean, Tooney had a hell. I mean, you saw the picture of him taking the ball and just spiking it. I mean, that's when you know. We're we're having fun. I mean, that's just what it is. That's just what it is. I'm I'm looking at this snow globe play, and it's just I keep looking at it. It's it's just so funny, and all the people bad sportsmanship. Oh boo hoo! The Raiders are bad. They suck. Who cares? They they drove a bus around our stadium and did a victory lap. They stomped on our logo. And we whooped their ass. Well, we lost the one where they did the victory lap. But then we whooped their ass after they stomped on a logo. And we didn't even know they stopped on their logo until after the game. So get at me. <laughs> but the offensive line did great. I mean, past, I think Pat was probably sacked once. And it was Max Crosby, of course. But that was about it. I mean, he, he was really not getting pressured a lot. Everybody did well. Pat was getting the ball out pretty quick. Can't go wrong with this offensive line. I wonder who ends up being the all pros coming out of this year. That's what I'm really looking forward looking uh forward to too. Um the receiving core, everybody ate. It was pretty much the everyone eats show again. Uh MVS. MVS did not have a career year, but he had a great year. He had a good year, minus I will say the minus the recent drops uh that he's had, but that's just kind of been him. He's had 81 targets and he's caught 42 out of those 81 granted some may have been underthrown balls overthrown balls things that he just could not get to honestly but a lot were drops too but he did have 687 yards and two touchdowns i want to say it's like i think 690 or 690 something's like his uh, highest i thought that he was going to get to 700 maybe this year and if he got 700 that would have been his career high that would have been nice to see but again he had a phenomenal year I know a lot of people think MVS is going to get cut. I don't think he is. I think the Chiefs are going to bring MVS back. I, I think they like him. I, I understand. I understand that he has a drop problem at times. 
but he does things that people don't really realize. He actually really spreads the field very well. You don't realize how much he gets Juju and Kelsey open so much. Cause they're they'll even they'll you see why he sometimes he can't he doesn't catch it because you got three guys clouding him, uh, but that usually leaves the underneath open. Juju had seventy eight catches this year, nine hundred thirty three yards. I was hoping for a, a thousand yard season, but you got to think about it. He missed two games. He gets he easily over a thousand yard receiver with those games included. Uh, he had three touchdowns this year. I hope that we sign him to a contract and bring him back. Um. But the receiving core did well. Justin Watson had that one big bomb just to kind of start the ignition in the game. That's what, you know, brought the electricity. So I that was nice to see. But then other than that, you really didn't see him much for the rest of the game. Okay with that because he should be wide receiver five. He should not be starting even though he did start because of that play. Um. But, yeah, no, I think it's it it's going to – oh, Tony. Tony, that's who I want to talk about. Kadarius Tony. He's the future. He's the future. Again, the joystick, I love it. I do wish he wouldn't run backwards as much. He gets the first downs, but he'll run backwards a lot, trying to, ju- like, just, how, you know, not like that. Do that quick step, you know, like that back quick step, you know, juke, and then and then he'll take off, but then it's kind of a slow stutter step. Um, not, not, not like super slow, but like I said, players sniff that out now these days. But that play, though, you know, the snow globe play, he scored. It was a penalty, a freaking phantom hold on Creed. But then it didn't matter. We did a little jet sweep right next, and then freaking he scored right after that. So it didn't matter. But if you use him and Hardman like that, we're unstoppable. Those guys are also field stretchers. Um, But the Joker, uh, Kadarius Toney, he's, he's the future of this offense. I truthfully believe that. And he did well. He was breaking a lot of the receivers off. Um, it's gonna, but when we do get Hardman back, and we also get Sky Moore back, it'd be it'd be nice to get Sky Moore back. But I, I honestly think they're really they're really not going to try to just over pursue Sky. I think they love him. They want they they want to develop him. But with having Hardman, Kadarius Tony, uh, Juju, MBS, Kelsey. You also have Blake Bell back and Noah Gray, all these guys. I think they're kind of just fine with how things will be. Now, obviously, you hope Sky Moore can come back and play because I want to see him eat. Trust me, Chiefs Kingdom wants to see Sky Moore eat. We're not we're not denying that. I'm not denying that. But I just don't see them trying to rush him because he is a rookie. He didn't have like a breakout season. And you know, you gotta think about it. I know Tyree kind of did, but Sky was in a group full of guys, and that's just what it is. Um, but the, all the receivers are going to eat with Mahomes. This is what it is. He said it. The fantasy owners, hey, you're going to be upset this year. I'm going to feed my guys. And if you saw it, everybody got evenly dish, distributed the ball. Let me actually look at the receiving yards. Watts, uh, Justin Watson at 67. Kelsey at 38. Juju at 35. Marquez had 27. Kadarius at Tony had 18. No grad 14. Blake Bell at 3. Uh, McKinnon did have uh, that reception, but it was, I mean, it was pretty much already there. So, I mean, it wasn't really, well, I think he actually lost the yards. I take the back. It was a two-yard because it was two receptions. And I don't, 
you know, actually, I don't even really know. I'm just talking right now at my ass for that last part. I really don't know how much yards he actually had because it says he had zero. I'm assuming there was a tackle for loss and maybe he lost yardage on a play. Actually, I do remember the play where he lost yardage um, because there was two receptions that he did have. Uh, but that yardage that he lost and it took away all, all of it that he gained for that touchdown. So, but anyways, everybody ate. That's that's the biggest important thing. All right, the tight ends they were all fed again. Kelsey didn't have like a super phenomenal game because they were like double and triple teaming them, throwing a linebacker and a safety on them. They were like, we will not let Kelsey beat us this game. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Mahomes fine, guys. I mean, you forget about the running backs. Come on now. You know Mahomes is going to pass the running backs too. That's what it is. But, yeah. The tight ends, they did very well. Kelsey, he's the greatest tight end of all time. He had another phenomenal season. Was hoping that he could have, you know, snapped his record, but didn't get to it. Um, Let me see what he actually finished the year off with. 1338. 12 touchdowns and 1338. But you know, another dominant season. Another dominant season. Alright, let's go over to the linebackers. Or linebackers. Let's go over to the entire defense. I'm gonna talk about the linebackers, but let's start with the let's start with the defensive line for the in the defense. This is how the defensive line should play going into the playoffs. They were wreaking havoc. I know. I know. Uh, Frank Clark is out with the groin. Hopefully, it's nothing too serious. Maybe he misses one playoff game, or you know, maybe with the week off because we do have the bye. Um, he'll be ready for the divisional round. But if not, you know, we have the guys, and everybody was just getting after Stidham. Chris Jones, man, had two and a half sacks. He has uh, tied his career high with uh, seven or 15 and a half sacks and what he had in 2018 with Bob Sutton. But yeah, he's he's tied his career high at 15 and a half sacks. He had two and a half yesterday. Justin Reed had a sack uh, had a sack off the blitz. George Kalathis, I thought had a full sack, but he only had a half and he already had five and a half going into the uh, he had five and a half going into this game. So he now has six, which is what my uh, that was what my expectations were. I wanted him to get six sacks throughout the year, and he and he did just that. I know it came in the last half of the season, but hey, it comes when it comes. And if this means he's going to be hot like this and this, uh, let's say this relentless going into the playoffs, I want to see it because him, Chris Jones, Dunlap, Frank Clark, Colin Saunders. I mean, guys were just eating. And Mike Dana. Mike Dana had two sacks. Jesus Christ. I can't say enough about Mike Dana. Let me see how many sacks he ended the year. I think he ended with six, too. Six on the year. Oh, yeah. No, he ended with five. But Mike Dana, he... He he's good. I like Mike Dana. Steve Spagnuolo is a big fan of Mike Dana. He talks about him a lot. He's one of those guys that's very quiet, but, you know, he does his job. He's an interior guy, um, also plays on the edge. Uh, But when Spags likes to go in his NASCAR package, once he likes to throw four defensive ends out there, Chris Jones being the only pass rushing defensive tackle, he usually throws um, uh, Mike Dana in the interior just because he did that a lot in Michigan when he played there. 
Um, and uh, Mike Dan is very versatile, so that's good to see. But this defensive line was wreaking havoc. There was also some pass deflections. Uh, Carlos Dunlap had one as far as the defensive line, and I, I love seeing that from Dunlap. I mean, he's been doing that all year. So he didn't get a lot of sacks like he normally does every year. I think he only had like four and a half on the year. Let me see what he had. I think he only had four and a half. Four. He only had four sacks on the year. Gave him an extra half sack. And he normally gets like seven to eight, and you would have hoped for that. But hey, with how everybody we had, with the people that we have on the defensive line, I mean, we were third in sacks on the year. Third. Third in sacks. Uh, you know, I think we had 55. Uh, to end the year, I'm gonna look that up just to just to be sure. Chiefs, nope, we were number two. We had 55 on the year, and Patriots had 54. Uh, but the Eagles, they had 70. They had 70 sacks this year. That's a lot. I don't think that's a record, but that was a lot of sacks. Um, I'm not a big fan of StatMuse. Is anybody a fan of StatMuse? I haven't downloaded the app on my phone, but I just don't know how to use it. It's kind of weird. Um, anyways, uh, defensive line, play like that going to the playoffs, no one's stopping us. The linebackers, some moments were shaky. Again, coverage is still a weak spot. We know Leo Chanel is not a coverage guy. He's really good crashing. Uh, like when they keep creep him up to the line of scrimmage as an overhang Sam, and you know he blows that up. He he's actually plays a lot of those extra gaps, almost like an extra defensive lineman. They want to throw like pretty much five guys down, um, and he's been playing very well. I just don't understand why they keep taking Willie Gay off. I know Willie Gay sometimes it's like, dude, do you even know what you're doing out there? But you need his athleticism out there. You need his speed out there. At least you need some form of athleticism like that. I I'm, I like Darius Harris. He's he was good in some moments in the beginning of the season, but he's been shaky. Especially re- he's been really shaky in coverage, um, and just just not really playing up to the standard that he was. I get why Spags is throwing him out there, but I'm I just I don't think there should be a reason why Willie Gay should be taken off the field unless he's tired and needs a break. He should never be taken off the field. But Nick Bolton, Nick Bolton, he, another great year with tackles. Just another great year overall. Way better year than his rookie year, obviously. Uh, he was second in tackles behind Akula Khan, I think, from the uh, Jags. It would have been nice to see Bolton become the uh, all-time tackle leader this year. But that was uh, – obviously done by a Kulikon who's just a tackling machine in that last game. But Nick Bolton's been a tackling machine all year. Um, I know we all feel that he was snubbed from a Pro Bowl. Hopefully, maybe he can get an All-Pro. I believe he should be an All-Pro. Um, but it's very hard to really dictate interior inside linebackers as All-Pros. And you just don't know what's going to happen. Maybe second team at least. That's what I'm hoping for. At least something. At least Nick Bolton can get the respect in something. Because he deserves it. He's one of the he's one of the best linebackers in the league. 
one of the best. I think he's top three in my opinion. I, I, I know that's a biased take, but I think he's top three in the league. And th- those three are the future. They are the linebacking core that we wanted. I know there's some moments where you're like, oh, damn, coverage-wise. And I think that's just certain uh, matches that they get asked to do because when they, you know, when you're getting asked to run like a cover five or a modified cover six or even a soft cover two and four, which are stupid zones, but cover five is that like that man to zone concept where you have five man underneath and two deep. I mean, you got a whole wide open zone, wide open in the middle. You expect your two deep safeties because what you're hooking, you're probably hooking and curling one of your linebackers, and maybe you're seam to hook, you're maybe seam hooking the other one, um, and that's going to leave a wide open middle zone, a middle read, and then if you're a nickel, your nickel's going to buzz out to the flat while you're. Uh, well, you know, it's kind of a man, so I guess they're taking on man. But I guess if they were switching over to zone. But, you know, and then your 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 two corners are playing just a little bit off. So it's, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where I think that sometimes the coverages need to be mixed up so you get you put them in the right spots. And it, and it does. I mean, there's times where you do see them make great plays. I mean, you see pass deflections, you know, and them, you know, grabbing, you know, making interceptions. Hopefully Nick Bolton's got a couple in the year. Uh, I think that should help them. I don't care how they came, but they just came. Sorry, that kind of did not sound right. Uh, but no, the linebacking, the linebacking core. I I really like this linebacking core moving forward with this, especially with this defense. If Spags is going to say the defensive coordinator, the secondary is probably the best best year of the secondary, especially the safety room. But I'll start with the corners. Sneed and McDuffie are my guys. I like what Spags has done with them the last like month, having Snead follow pretty much the primary receiver. Uh, he kind of had he kind of did that all year, uh, but McDuffie wasn't playing. You remember McDuffie got hurt in the first game, so we were we missed him for a while. Uh, but you saw Snead traveling a lot, but Snead especially has been doing that since McDuffie's been back, and you've been having McDuffie play the nickel. Instead of having uh, Sneed. And sometimes you have uh, uh, Justin Reed. But Justin Reed was kind of doing it uh, when he was blitzing. He was blitzing off the edge and more into the dime uh, on those uh, passing downs. But you kind of saw him on first and second downs kind of blitzing too. Um, and they were blitzing the corners. I mean, you started seeing Spagnolo doing his little silly you know, craziness when he starts blitzing his corners and his safeties everywhere. Um, but when we got into the dime, the safeties were playing extremely well. This is the best. This is probably by far the best safety game I've ever seen, especially between Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed. Justin Reed was everywhere making hits, blowing people up. Juan Thornhill was making hits, blowing people up. I mean, he was smacking. I mean, he smacked Devontae Adams. I don't know if you saw that, but I mean, he smacked Devontae Adams. And he got that pick, obviously. That was nice. That was pretty much kind of an airborne pass and, you know, Thornhill just came out of nowhere and snagged it. It was beautiful to see. Uh, Brian Cook is continuing to grow. I really hope he can grow into that like that pseudo linebacker role where they had Sorensen play it, uh, kind of that you know in the dime where he's playing that. Uh, he's really a, you know obviously he's a safety, uh, but he's playing in the linebacker spot. 
and you just ask him to do so many things. And I think he will be that as long as Spag stays the defensive coordinator. And who knows how long that'll be. Uh, there's been speculations that, you know, if he were to step down, everybody believes that Joe Colin, the defensive line coach, would probably be the top candidate. Just because we do like to probably do in-house, I don't I don't know if there would be a top com- a hot commodity out there that we would, we would want. Uh, I mean, because the only other guy that I'd probably want out there is Vic Fan is Vic Fangio, and we all know that he's following Sean Payton. Uh, which I I know the Broncos are interested in trying to get him. I know I mentioned that a little bit earlier, but are in, in trying to interview him. But he wants Vic Fangio as his DC, so you know that's not going to happen. Um, and Rex Ryan is not going to come out of retire is not going to come out of retirement to DC. He's done. He's done coaching. Um, what else? But I, I mean, maybe the, uh, I mean, you got the, the, uh, what is it? D'Amico Ryan's, I think is his name. The, the DC for, uh, San Francisco 49ers. Let me, uh, let me see if I can find that because I don't want to screw his name up I think it's Danico Ryan shoot Yeah, D'Amico Ryans. I knew it was D'Amico Ryans. Yeah, no, he's a really good coordinator. He's going to probably be a head coaching candidate, so I don't know. And then you obviously have the D.C. for the uh, Denver Broncos. Um, But, no, I, I truthfully think that this was by far the best, um, the best time or the best game of the secondary. Uh, like I said, Spags had his guys everywhere, um, and I think – Brian Cook is going to grow into that role that uh, Sorensen played. Uh, but back on scene and McDuffie, McDuffie played a lot in the nickel. He is excelling. He, it looks like he could play anywhere on the le- in, on the field. I saw him in spots in the dime, too. That was funny. He was playing in a linebacker spot. It was kind of hilarious because, you know, he's a smaller guy. But it's cool to see him play inside and outside. He did get burnt on a, on a play for, one of, I don't know if it was a touchdown or it was just a long first down, but... It may have been a touchdown, but who you know? It happens. It, I think yeah, because it was Hunter Renfro who caught it. It happens. Uh, but McDuffie was pretty much taking care of him most of the game. I mean, that's that's just what it is. McDuffie's gonna be he's gonna be an elite player in this league. He's gonna be one of the best corners, if not probably top top five moving forward in my opinion. And Snead's already top five in my opinion going forward and playing currently in the league. I'm not saying of all time. Um, but he almost had a pick. McDuffie did. That was nice to see. Um, I wonder how many interceptions that we ended up with. Maybe it was just that one with, uh, Thornhill. Yeah, it was just that one with Thornhill. We, we got six sacks on the night, so... Oh man, it was a it was a great game overall. Defense played great. Spagnolo called a really good game for the most part. Andy called a great game for the most part. 
Uh, obviously, I mentioned Dave Tobe earlier, but this is how the team should play. This is what us Chiefs fans were wanting going into the playoffs, a refresher, something that was going to get us with positive energy going into the playoffs because a lot of the last games have kind of been kind of been crazy, you know? It's kind of been crazy. Um, I didn't give my game grade or my game ball. We're going to go ahead and do that right now. I give the game grade an A. I mean, like I said, all phases played extremely well. Everybody coached well. All the players executed. Can't complain. You swept. Uh, you took care of business against the uh, Raiders, won convincingly, swept the entire division. When no one said we would win probably even two games in this damn division, people said we were going to be bottom of the barrel, probably third or fourth. No one thought we were going to win. It was either going to be. The, it was probably going to be the Chargers and Broncos battling it out. They didn't care about us. And I give my game ball to Farious George, George Karloftis, just because he got uh, six sacks on the gear. I mentioned that earlier. He exceeded my well, not exceeded. He got the expectation that I had for him. I had him getting six sacks, so that's nice. And I think he's going to grow to be a dominant player in this defense. Um. I I had my doubts but at first, but I'm glad. And I knew he was going to be a great player. I mean, we saw it in the preseason. You saw what he was going to be. I think it was just because you would, you know, you kind of wish there was some, you know, you kind of wish we went after like a big, big time speed rusher. And, you know, Carlotta just didn't come on until this the second half of the season. But, it, you know, what he did. And he's balling, and I think he's going to be a force to reckon with moving forward in this defense, like I mentioned. All right, that's pretty much uh, this uh, game game review. We won thirty-one to thirteen, very convincing win. I don't know what else to say. Oh, let's go. Let's look at the playoff picture real quick. That's what I want to do before we get out of here. And by the way, I will since this is the last. Uh, I wouldn't say last review. We'll obviously review the playoff games, depending how far we go. Uh, we'll preview them and review them. But I am going to uh, preview the wild card weekend, and I will recap wild card weekend. Uh, I'll give out my predictions. They won't be crazy episodes, crazy long episodes like normally, but I will do like a quick review, give what my predictions will be, and then when the actual weekend, when the games are played. I think we have one wild card game on Monday, so I may have to wait till Tuesday to recap that. I may have to, uh, yeah, wait till Tuesday because I don't know when that uh, Monday night game will be played. Well, it'll probably be Monday night, so yeah, most likely we'll wait till Tuesday to get that uh, recap for the wild card weekend. But still need to do a review for that, anyways. So we're not that far. Don't know why I'm talking ahead of myself. Oh, gosh. All right. Let's go back to the playoff picture. Where was I at? Oh, let's go back to George Car. Oh, never mind. That was just a uh, shared his profile picture because he changed his profile pic. All right. So wild card weekend on the AFC starts with uh, – you have the Buffalo Bills taking on the Miami Dolphins, and then you have the Ravens taking on the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, and then you have the Chargers and Jags. Two division, two division rivals. That's I like seeing that. I like seeing division rivals play each other in the playoffs. We really don't see that much anymore. We at least we haven't seen it in a minute. You know, it's always been like the Bills playing the Ravens, or the Titans playing the Bills, or we playing the Bills, or the Bengals playing us. You know, it's yeah, it's been different. And the Dolphins hadn't been to the playoffs in a, since like 2016, so 
this was nice to see them make it. Uh, they came close, and that was almost McDa- McDaniel's uh, job, or McDaniel, however you say his name. I'm not going to get my predictions out, but you know I will give that out when we do the review for the Wild Card Weekend, or my yeah, no, sorry, not the review, the preview for Wild Card Weekend. Sorry, I keep I keep mixing up preview and review. I mean, I obviously sound the same, but anyways. Um, over in the uh, NFC side, and obviously we're the one seed, but the NFC side, you have uh, Seahawks, 49ers, another division rival, uh, Giants, Vikings, and then you have Cowboys and Tampa Bay, and then the Eagles are the number one seed in the NFC. But the Seahawks got in because of the Lions last night. I mean, that was supposed to the Packers. If Packers would have won, they would have been in the playoffs. They lost. Lions lost their opportunity because the Seahawks lost the game, or the Seahawks won the game. If the Rams would have beat the Seahawks, then the Lions would have gotten the playoffs. But since the Seahawks beat the Rams, Lions got eliminated, and Lions were like, all right, well, since we're eliminated, we're going to make sure the Packers get eliminated. They beat the Packers. They eliminated them from playoff contention. And then the Seahawks and Geno Smith get in. I'm happy for Geno Smith. I don't care how far he makes it, how far he gets in the playoffs. Hopefully, it's the NFC title game. That'd be nice to see. But he, this is what he deserves. This he deserves. This. I'm not saying he deserves to go to the Super Bowl, but this is an awesome story for Geno Smith. He has my vote for a comeback player. Or I mean, that's 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 what I see. I think that I think that's what you need to do. Because I mean, a guy who went guy who went through so much turbulence just to, you know, be a backup most of your career. I mean, be a starter, you know, for your your first four years of your career. And then you turn back up and you just never heard of for the rest of your rest of your career. Maybe you've gotten in certain spots, preseason games, but nothing. Just you bounce, probably bouncing around from team to team. And he finally gets his shot in Seattle, has a phenomenal year. I'm excited. I was excited to see Geno ball out this year. I know this is a Kansas City Chiefs podcast, and we're about to wrap it up. But that was nice to see. This playoffs is going to be crazy. I'm I'm super excited. I know a lot of people were bitching still that we got the one seed. Boo hoo! Win your playoff game if you're you know you're tripping that much. Um, like I said, I'll I'll get a, a preview of the uh, wild card weekend out in the next coming days. Um, but yeah, no, we concluded the 2022 season. It was a hell of a ride this year. Uh, but it's time for more serious football and, um, yeah, Kansas City Chiefs are going to have to take care of more business and Chiefs Kingdom. Hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. And with that being said, the connect is always real.